0: To episode 178 of the finger guns podcast is roscoe how are you today here is a great big hug for you if you need it ah there you go how good was that you feel better i know you do joining me this week is miles thompson hello there hello there
1: i really kind of channeled the energy for that one felt a real obi-wan
0: vibe i loved it i loved it <laughs> how are we sir i'm very well but how are
1: you good thank you good uh i'm very excited to talk about a particular game that i didn't get to talk about last time and i've been avidly awaiting the opportunity to uh, to just love it so i'm looking forward to this one it's gonna be good
0: oh yeah Mm. Yeah. how have you spent your week
1: how have i spent my week uh how have i spent my week what have i done (laughs) well i rolled my ankle so that was cool it's currently swollen to like three times the size that an ankle should be which is fun Mm. uh I know, right? But to be fair, it's not actually that bad. It's kind of manageable at the moment. Uh, other than that, just working, chilling out and playing games. It's been nice, to be honest.
0: Love it. Love it. Yeah, it's
1: just a nice, chill week. No weddings. And if there's no weddings, it's a good
0: week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. If you're new to the pod, uh, Miles and, um, and Kat, who are a couple, by the way, I was going to get out of there. Makes more of the context <laughs> for the story. Um, yeah, yeah. I was going to say it probably makes more sense that way. Yeah. Um. They. Uh, yeah. They've been to uh, how many weddings now? Have you told her? The Twelve. Show? 12, 12 13, 13 this year. Fifteen billion. Who knows?
2: Yeah. I won every wow. day by motherfuck the fuck f- feels like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this
0: is much. a this is a response to COVID. One would assume they were delayed and delayed and delayed. We,
2: yes, I definitely have some of them. Yes.
0: I mean, I hope so, because I'm definitely not having another year of this many weddings. It's interesting that you went to, like, 13. Well, 13 is a very unlucky number. Oh, yeah. Not that's, that's Taylor Swift. Point. That doesn't mean
1: Oh, God, Taylor Swift's already here. and We're two three minutes, minutes
0: in. in. Three minutes into the pod. Uh, <laughs> Kate, today to the TKB, hello. Hello. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm sleepy, but I'm good. I got very drunk on Saturday, just being a Halloween goof. Um, spent yesterday hungover, and you know, like I think my hangover sleep came like one sleep too late because I couldn't stop waking up last night, so I had nightmares, and yeah, so it's not been kind to me, but the universe has been kind to me because um all of my clients canceled today.
0: whoa,
2: yeah, if you're listening to the n h s no, they didn't, um, I did lots of work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you were in those claps, cat. You were in them.
2: I will. All those pot bangs. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, so it was kind. It was kind because I nearly called in sick so I was feeling really, really rough this morning. But lo and behold, you know, nothing that Subway canceled out. Absolutely. Had a Subway for dinner, for dinner, nice. for lunch. It was, was good stuff. Good stuff.
0: Nice. No, I'll treat myself to a KFC tonight. Oh, mm-mm-mm.
2: do you know what? They've changed their chips and I'm not a fan.
0: They have changed their chips. A fucking minging. Not happy about it.
2: Yeah, no, I'm not happy about it.
0: No, not happy about it. How was the um the party?
2: Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was good, good, good. I haven't worn face paint in a really long time. Like I literally like ten years, so that was
0: weird. Yeah, it was was fun looking at all the pictures, but like (laughs) look at that. It's all of my closest friends having a Halloween party together. Oh it was
3: my party. I'm
2: so sorry,
0: I don't know what to say. sign wasn't even working, it was really... I
3: Josh, how's it going, man? Oh, I just realised I'm um, Silent Bob is Halloween, and that doesn't make for a good podcast. Um, hello?
0: Hello, man. Uh, Silent Bob has made a fair amount of money doing podcasts, so I think you're all right. Oh,
3: that's true. He does like the absolute opposite to what he... His character does.
0: Absolutely, he does very much so.
3: And now we're doing it. We're yeah. embodying Kevin Smith. Oh, if only, hey. If only. Yeah, there's worse people to embody for sure, like Kat who doesn't invite people to parties. Uh yeah. we're we're past that though, aren't we? Was not my <laughs> party.
2: was not my party. I was invited to the party. It was not my party. <laughs> Thought you fucking stir any curry pots. <laughs> here we go, like.
3: Yeah, I'm just why am I even fanning flames here? Oh. oh. How you doing, Ross? <laughs> good. <laughs> I'm fine. Thanks for
0: asking. Yeah, good. What a treat of a week! I've been to see uh, Bob Dylan. Um, I yes, see... I heard. that was that was something. Um, yeah, had a good time. Finally, caught up with some friends. Um, got to see, got to see my partner. Um, my dad's out of hospital. Everything's going well. It's been a good week.
3: Everything's coming up, Millhouse. Yeah.
0: Feeling pretty, pretty good. Now Now back to work and um, miraculously once again get a Monday night off so I get to see the podcast. I mean, a, a copy of Top Gun Maverick dropped through my door today that I forgot I pre-ordered. So, oh. um, so that was lovely. And, was uh, it like
3: the uh, HMV one? Like first is, edition or?
0: It is a 4K Ultra HD stillbook edition of Top Gun Maverick.
3: Very nice. Very nice. I am partial to a stillbook. I can't lie.
0: I very rarely buy physical media anymore, but this one had to be done because that film is just spectacular.
3: I still need to see it, but now is more the best time ever because you can rent it and stuff, so I'll do that. That'll be homework on top of every other homework I've got.
0: (laughs) Highly recommend it. Turn the lights off, watch it on the biggest screen you can, turn it up and just uh, just get lost in it because it's awesome.
3: Yeah, I only watched the first one like a couple of months ago. It was okay. So I'm hoping this one is something that's there was a lot of chitter chatter about it being amazing so i'm hoping so
0: all right let's get to game of the week josh what's your game of the week
3: game of the week uh is Fortnite. surprisingly i mean i play it often or not but um the Mares mode kind of got me hooked on it playing outside of friends uh, I f- I feel like people were a little bit upset with what the rollout of it was. Some things they were hoping to come back, um, in the game modes like the Fortnite Nightmare game modes. Um, but it was fun. I love Halloween stuff on in video games, and Fortnite did that just enough for me. Um, you know all the uh, little candies that you can eat and. Uh, all the objectives that you can get for all that, like Chrome Halloweeny themed, uh, like backbling pickaxe and stuff like that. But I think the biggest, the biggest uh, smile on my face was being able to play as Ash Williams. Obviously, yes, you have to kind of spend a bit more money, <laughs> as if I don't spend enough money on Fortnite. But yeah, playing as Ash Williams in another video game, he's. <laughs> this year, I mean, he was in Dead by Daylight. This year he had his own game and now he's in Fortnite. Unbelievably, he is everywhere. I feel like he's probably in more games than other characters at this rate. Um, the, Nol- the Nolby Cavins, pretty pretty awesome to go through. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping to play a bit more with everyone else. Um, I feel like tonight's the last night for the Fortnite Mare stuff. So if you're listening now, you might be a bit too late for it. However, the season in general is shaping up to look pretty interesting with all the Chrome chrome aspects kind of taking over the whole map. So I'm quite interested in seeing what is going to be kind of the finale of it, really, for the season, which is like end of the month, end of next month? or it's
0: December, isn't it, I think?
3: Yeah, like early December. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed for that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've really enjoyed Fortnite this, um, this time around. Um, I like the little challenges you can do. It is fun going into Archer's house and finding trap doors and things. And that was um, that was good. But yeah, the zombie chickens are what make it. I think for me, <laughs> yeah, they're really fun.
3: They're hilarious. Being able to grab them and uh, fly, kind of fly around with them. They're like if you had one balloon on your back. That's yeah. kind of the chicken. <laughs> that's how it acts. Yeah, that's hilarious. I love that. Yeah, um,
0: Yeah, the reality tree is now a disco, which is just very do mm-hmm. I like. Um, yeah, it's been a good time. Yeah, I think there's like 10 hours left on Fortnite nightmares. So um, if you haven't completed it, um, you've got a bit of work to do tonight. But um, yeah, it's been all right. It's been all right. I I think there have been better ones in the past. For sure. Um, uh, I think was it chapter two, they had like the the center of the island was just pure Fortnite nightmares. And you just like all like some really good loot was there, but it was surrounded by zombies and
3: oh, cool. So there's like a risk-of-reward type thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. There there's mm. like bosses and things actually on the island, so that was fun. Yeah. Oh, um, that so they have stripped it back a little, but yeah, it was fun. Definitely, for sure. And looking forward to um, Christmas Fortnite, because mm-hmm. that's always fun as well. Because they just throw you free shit all-, all month, which is just super fun.
3: Yeah, catamars are for that to look forward to. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I
0: think that's where we all got our Millennium Falcon gliders from.
3: Oh, yes. That's probably near the end, tail end, when I kind of started my break after that sort of Star Wars period.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the 12 days of Fortnite, whatever it's called, they, um, it kind of it tie, it tied in with The Force Awakens coming out. Mm. Um, so it was just like, here, have all the Star Wars stuff. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much.
3: Well, I saw an update saying that there's like three beloved characters coming to Fortnite and it's, like um, rumors of being Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and Princess Leia. So hmm. we'll see. Indeed, we got.
0: Yeah, I suppose they haven't finished their Star Wars characters yet,
3: have they yet? No, um, they kind of got the new trilogy, haven't they? And then, yeah,
0: I feel like they're running out of people. I've had like two thousand V Bucks sitting in my account, just waiting for like a big old character to come. <laughs> and it's like mm, i don't care for black adam um, no heard well, that usually fussed on ash so yeah i need i need another big a big one to appear just a random completely out of nowhere character you know
3: you know on that tweet that i saw when people, about three beloved characters the majority of it was sonic tails and knuckles <laughs> 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 so if by power of popular populace, maybe it's going to be those three
0: yeah, I think we talked about it before. I can't see them making Sonic and Tails and Knuckles as like human size. I don't see how that's going to work.
3: The only way that would work is if we had that ugly Sonic from the original <laughs> edit of the of the first film. That's the only way that would work with the character, yeah, and just really long, gangly legs for no reason.
0: Yeah, I've heard, <laughs> even I've more horrified. I've heard the I've heard um, the Doctor from um, Doctor Who is going to be in there soon. Um,
3: oh that's cool they've I'm got Fortnite full. they've got Fall Guys skins
0: they have got Fall Guys skins we're we buying them tomorrow I don't care what anyone says very good cool. very excited very excited for that they've got a hidden David Tennant one as well in there as well so, oh. Anyway. Oh, my, oh my god oh my god because I
3: was thinking they've obviously got Jodie's is it is her name Jodie yeah the recent yeah 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 yeah, yeah Jodie Whittaker. they got her skin and then they got kind of the really old school iconic look of Doctor Who and then they've got a Dalek but there's a few in there that like I found favourites, you know, you said David Tennant, uh, Matt Smith as well, I think, is a lot of people's favourites. Yeah. I actually quite liked Christopher Eccleston as well, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, big time. So, you know, I Fortnite is interesting because the Doctor just doesn't use weapons to defeat his enemies. So I can't see the Doctor shooting Spider-Man in the face. Yes. That's true.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I've never seen Kratos with a gun either. Yeah, true. <laughs> so stranger things have happened. Indeed.
0: Stranger Things, where are those characters, for God's sake? Come on, guys. Oh,
3: bring them back. Come, Come on. on,
0: Epic. Sort, your, sort yourself out. Anyway, that's our weekly Fortnite chat out of the way. <laughs> um, yeah, Fortnite messes been great. Bring on Fortnite Christmas because it's always really, really good fun. Um, Kat, what's your game of the week? Uh,
2: my game of the week is more just game that I've finished that I'm going to write up. Uh, the Embargo okay, was out today. <laughs> it's just a game that I've played this Kat, week. Kat, what's
0: your game that you finished that you're going to write up? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um... So my game of the week is a game called Broken Pieces. It is Embargo is now up. It was already released on PC. Um, and it's essentially um what I thought was gonna be really good. And it's just just not, I'm afraid. <laughs> I finished it about an hour ago. Um I'm, I'm over it now. I'm just I'm ready to write this up and get it off. Get it off. But but it was a fabulous surprise having Brian Deckard in it. Like, that was great, but he has, like, five minutes of lines of that. Um, so, it's essentially a game that is set in France in the 1990s. Um, and what's happened is that uh, suddenly during, like, a, a town Mill fate thing, everybody, like, disappeared um, all of a sudden. And they, like, something happened where this girl was, like, the only one in the village who who didn't disappear. Um and this girl's gone to investigate exactly why. And when you go around the town in the evening, in the night, like more like enemies will come for you. So you're only allowed out outside your house from 8 a.m. to eight p.m. So it's a little bit like dying light in that way. Um, where it's like you you can only do stuff at certain times of the day and light matters and time matters, so you have to constantly look at your little watch, sort what fucking time is um and yeah i think it's trying to be a little bit resi evil i think it's trying to be a little bit like control as well it reminds me of like control resi evil and maybe like dying light all had a mediocre kid uh then then that would be it uh (laughs) (laughs) it's it's fine i feel like you know like you know, like where you can really see someone who sat down with a really good potential story, and it just feels like the team just didn't know how to execute it properly. Like they got to it, they got to the nitty gritty, and they were like, "How do we show this? How do we, how do we do it?" And it just is like the puzzles aren't that great. There's like hints everywhere, but like, in you you write like a little journal, and she listens to tapes. And from the beginning, like, the first 10 minutes is actually quite good. Like, it's just, like, it sets up quite well. You go around, the, the soundtrack kicks in, it's banging. But, like, other than that, like, it's just, like, a lot of thankless wandering around. Um there not a lot of like, I wish I could call it a walking simulator because it's it's nothing like a walking simulator but it feels like it's trying to be and the combat is like really one note, it's like three shots to everyone dying there's no bosses, there's no like <sighs> like I don't know, it just felt like I thought I was going to be really scared of it at first and then I was just like, I was just getting annoyed there's like the dodge, It's just really fucking <laughs> <laughs> um, she has like loads of stuff with her that I've never used. Like, like oh, you can craft. I mean, she can craft this to a gun, craft that to a gun. Every time I try to craft with my gun, they're like, "There's nothing I can craft to my gun." I'm like, Fucking put it away and shut up. Then, like, it's it's just strange. It's just yeah. It it felt like someone had a really like this. Whatever this story is, I would love to have seen in a Netflix show. Like, it's actually a really good story. It's just not story told very well and mm. the ending is shocking <laughs> i'm not going to spoil it uh, okay. but it's just yeah yeah oh yeah i'm sad i'm disappointed i was kind of had high hopes um yeah that's that's ah. my game of the week it's i mean i'm going to start writing it probably after this probably be up in a couple of days you can read my review or you can read someone else's cuz the embargo is up today at 3 p.m. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but read mine. <laughs> yeah, we can. Yeah, read we the one you need.
2: Yeah,
0: read it over on Metacritic if you want.
2: Why not? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. All right, so that's broken pieces. Um, sounds a bit broken to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. god, it is near the end of the year, isn't it? I'm running out of puns. It's unfortunate.
2: I just I don't know what kind of pun it should be. Like in some marines a slow puzzle. I don't know. I don't know. I'll think about it. I think about it.
3: Broken, <laughs> broken feces. Shattered sections. <laughs> I was going to say shattered in pieces.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll think about it.
3: It does sound like a
0: Linkin Park album. Yeah, it <laughs> that it actually really does. That <laughs> makes
1: a lot of sense as to why I was. <laughs> Thank you, Roscoe. You've helped me uh, consolidate that piece of information in my brain.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. We should do a Linkin Park podcast sometime.
1: Oh my God, we really should. We, we really, really should. should.
0: We really should. Um Miles. What on earth could possibly be your game of the week? Um, Right, Ross. We've got to
1: talk about Saturnalia, my man. We've got to talk about it. Saturnalia! Oh, this game. It's so fucking good. It's just... It's genuine. Like, it's one of those games that comes along, and, like, I hadn't heard anything about it. Did a preview for it. I was like, this is really cool. Like, this is a really fun game. And then I started up a fresh run. So on my preview, I played for, like, four hours. I did the majority of the story... Uh, I found the majority of the stuff, but I didn't finish it, and I purposely chose not to finish it because I wanted to play like the final version of it um, in All Its Glory. And I was like, do you know what? Instead of going back to my save, I'm actually going to start a whole fresh run. And literally the first thing I did when it gets to nighttime, there's like a little tutorial bit where you save, is I ran down an alley that was definitely an alley I still remembered from two months ago. And it was a fucking dead end. And the creature thing came out of a corner right next to me. And I utterly shat myself. And I was like, I hate this. And I love it. Like, how incredibly well made. So basically, every time you start like a fresh run or all of your characters die, uh, you have a team of four, the village itself will like contort and change position of everything. So all the landmarks move around, all the alleys and streets change. um, And the whole location just gets like warped. So it means that that location that you've just spent like two hours getting used to running around, learning the pathways and everything else to escape this thing is now all different. And you end up running straight down an alley to a dead end to get killed. And it is utterly terrifying when this thing appears from around a corner, you don't know which way it's coming from. You leg it in a direction you think is safe and it's suddenly not anymore. And I kind of said this in my review of horror games have this problem of once you've learned what happens the first time, it's not really scary anymore because you know what's coming. And this game solves that because when you die or restart, you don't know where you are anymore and you're lost again. And Josh will attest to this, but the mines area of this game is one of the most, like, claustrophobically panic-inducing areas, like, ever. Like, I played this on Normal where you have, like, finite matches to um, as a light source. And those mines change every round as well. And they're just horrible to navigate. And if this thing is chasing you in those mines, it's utterly horrendous, but like in the best kind of way. Um, But aside from like just the horror aspect, like the story is great. Like the village has like a whole story. It's based on Sardinian like folklore and like the winter solstice festivals. Um, So it's all about like rituals and cultist stuff going on. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, But the actual story and all the lore items that you find all tied together to help you understand what's going on but it never handholds you either. It's never like you go to this checkpoint and you click this thing and then go back. Um, It's all kind of like you have to just venture out and explore and find things of your own accord while this thing is still chasing you. And Josh found this out as well of the creature gets more powerful as the game goes on. And by the end, it can knock out basically every light source in the game and it chases you relentlessly. Like it gets savage. And I just got to the end and I was like, I want to do it again. I, would, I don't know why. I hate it. I hate playing it because it's awful. It puts me like so on edge, but it's probably the only horror game that's made me feel as on edge by the end of it as I did at the start. Um, and I think that takes some really incredible design work to do it. Uh, the graphical style is incredible. If you just watch the trailer of it, it's got this really cool kind of watercolor, like shimmering hand drawn vibe to it. Never seen a game that looks quite like it. Um, it's just superb. Everything about this game I thought was utterly superb and there's like loads of accessibility options so if you don't particularly like scares you can play on like an adventure mode where the village doesn't change and you get like infinite sprint and that kind of thing but i'd really recommend you play it on normal just because you miss out a lot of the experience by not having those roguelike elements in it um i just i can't speak highly enough of it it's really I, i thought neon white was by far and away my only contender for game of the year this year and now i'm having to seriously rethink it so i just go read the proper review. I spent ages writing it because I love this game. Um, and just buy it. Doesn't matter what you get it on. It was free on the Epic Game store for the first week, which is amazing. So just go pick it up and play it. You won't you won't regret this one. Well, you might, because you'll probably shit yourself a few times, but you won't regret the act of having this game. It's amazing.
0: Now, talking to me directly as a mm-hmm. as a horophobe. Yes. I'm not a fan of these games. Am I going to get something out of Saturday, do you think?
1: Uh, you'll get something out of the first ten minutes it's where piss. there's no
0: threat.
2: Pissing your yeah. pants, Ross. That's what you'll get.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that sounds unpleasant. You'll I get
3: mean... you'll get poo out of your bum. Is what you'll get. Yeah, like genuinely, it, this <sighs> thing. If it turns okay. up, I, I heard.
2: I heard yeah, my... Josh have a little sweat on as well.
3: I I played on adventure mode for the most part, which is <laughs> kind of like the easy <laughs> mode, and I still absolutely was just terrified throughout. Um. There's, uh, like, the way it plays is it's, you can only really see in your immediate area, and it kind of reminded me of, like, Silent Hill 2 with the fog. Like, you can't see your surroundings so much um, unless you walk forwards, and it's so claustrophobic, and you just, it's, that's the whole game. And mm-hmm. my only comfort was that I started remembering roots of the town because <laughs> it wasn't changing for me. Um, but that's still, I'm still, you're still basically walking in the dark. You really don't know your, your directions because it's such a labyrinthian map. And if you are playing it on the way Miles played it, that's going to change. So even if you knew the maze inside and out, my fucking God, it's just like, I think Saturnalia is going to be kind of, uh, a benchmark for people that kind of want to do something like this like when people are inspired by games this is going to be the first one of its kind where it's like they did this we should do this in our game Yeah, um, which is the roguelite element of it where things do change whether it's the the uh, areas of the, um, the places that you go to whether it's a castle villa like they all change around the map the streets change like you, you like if you turn left the next game, it might not be the same area, like Miles said. Um, and the safe points change, and it's just like, there's no, there is no way in feeling safe in this game at all. Um, even in the kind of safe areas, there's potential for <laughs> scares. I was going to um, say, once you hit like, I think it's about 80 to
1: 85% of all the clues found, and you've progressed like a certain point, The villa, which is like your one safe space in the game where the creature normally never goes to you, it started fucking going into the villa, and I was literally hiding in a fucking corner in a room at the top of the stairs, hoping to shit that this thing would just go away. And I kid you not, it stood at the bottom of the stairs for like 10 minutes before it left, and I've never had my heart pound so quickly. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay, cool. So I'll stick with something. That's fine. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could literally just get it on Epic Games Store. Play the first 10 minutes so you get like the graphical style and you can walk around the town very briefly where there's no threat to you because it's in daylight. Um, and then as soon as it switches to you being at nighttime, then just quit and don't play it.
0: I've just unlocked Scar in Dreamlight Valley. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: so you'll stick with that instead.
0: I'm going to stick with Scar. He's scary enough, I think.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, Honestly, it's like sensible. This is not. This is not a game for people that don't like horror games. Um, no. Not one bit. There's. I can't. I want to recommend it to everyone, but it is one of the scariest games I've played for a long yeah. time. Yeah, I'd agree. It's like
1: it. It just works so well because it channels like bits of other different horror games. But just the fact that it can overcome that familiarity problem that horrors have is just so impressive and. Like, Josh, obviously you had, like, infinite matches, so, like, you could traverse the mines, but there was, like, six times I got stuck down there and I ran out of matches and I was just stuck in the dark and I had to somehow figure a way out and then the thing would turn up and I'd be like, oh, fuck, what do I do now? <laughs> um, it's, it's it's terrifying, but in, like, that really exciting, adrenaline-pumping way. Um, and, yeah, I
3: just adored this game. I'm hope- I'm hoping people kind of catch word of the game because this is like the ultimate like stream game or youtube video game for youtubers like because everyone's going to have a different experience like no matter what um and there's just so much room for scares and like uh i said like the story is all in fed into the clues um and you just want to get to the bottom of it no matter how like frightening it is like you just want to find out the next piece of the puzzle So you can put it all together yourself and just go oh like this is why this is all happening this is why this character is so and so um and it's so in depth like the amount of clues that you come across it's just like yeah it's a huge story in such a small confined space
1: yeah it's impressive how small the map is but how big it feels by how much it makes you like on edge to have to go out every time And like, by the time you played it, Josh, I'd gone through it like two or three times. So I was like subtly nudging Josh to help him out at points as well. But like, it's it's got like a a really good structure to it where all of it makes sense as to what you're doing and why all the clues matter. But without it, like I said, having to handhold you and guide you to each location to find everything. And there is a mode on there where like there are interactive maps you can go to and then your character will like point you to where that is if you select it. Um There's a mode where those maps don't exist You don't get a quest log And there's permadeath So you basically have to do the entire game blind and hope mm-hmm. yeah. And I would love to stream this game I think if I was going to stream any game I probably would stream this one Just out of like the love I have I just went and bought it Even though we got a review code for PC I went and bought it on Playstation so I can do it all again For like the fifth time
0: <laughs> Nice, well I will watch that stream I'm excited to watch that We'll have to make um... it happen I was watching streams today of the Outlast Trials. I mean, I'm all, it's weird. I can watch these things. I just cannot participate
3: in them. It's because it's a passive thing, I think. It, it takes, your, takes your own urgency out of it. And it's kind of like you're watching someone else live that experience. But, trials, did it look man, good? I, mean,
0: I think the people that made that game needed some sort
3: of psychological help. <laughs> <laughs> is it that messed up it is
0: so fucked up
3: oh i'm gonna like, have to I, watch the footage
0: i don't know how it passed classifications i don't get it i don't really? know how someone went yeah this is all right for public consumption no. <laughs> Fuck that damn shit. i might have I to had, check it out i don't normally damn. do it because I've, I've watched like full playthroughs of resi village and three and two and all that and I've like not really been that fussed about it. But this, I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn this off. I'm going to go and do something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: not about this life.
0: Yeah, really. I really tried to get a beta for someone, but no one, no one, no one piped up. So
3: uh, I definitely yeah, would have uh, if it was outside of PC, but I assumed it was only PC. Yeah, yeah I just believe,
0: didn't have time I this believes, weekend, unfortunately. I believe so at the moment. But um, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm sure um, when the full game rolls around, someone like, might probably get a copy, so we shall see. I'll let you know. How to be
1: this. fair, I would have loved to have played it. I just didn't have chance this weekend, but if we did get the chance of the full release, I would happily give that a go, just to see how fucked up it can get.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. A, a nice uh, co-op up run. Look up Yeah. Miles, uh, look up a Mars' stream of the Outlast trials coming very, very soon.
1: Want to play it with me, Roscoe? I'll guide you through it. It'll be okay. You
0: know, you know what, I'm good. I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. What's your game of the week, Ross? <laughs> well pivoting somewhat um, my game of the week is Sonic Origins um, this is a collection that I've been put off by by reviews and by people playing going this is trash, this is an awful recreation of some classic video games and anyone that knows me knows that Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is my favourite game of all time and so I was put off for a while but then I saw it on sale on PSN and I was like oh go on then, let's, let's give it a go 20 quid is, is is about my level for a game that may not be that great But it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Um, I don't know if they've ironed out things that were an issue before, but I'm having a really good time with it. It's fun to play through these old Sonic games again, but in a kind of remix sort of way to do challenges within them um, and to jump into them with with an actual mission and kind of like an objective to do. Um, So that's kind of fun. You can play the classic games as they are as well. Uh, My favorite mode is the boss rush mode, where you just play all the bosses one by one, one after the other. Um, Nice reminder that I'm still quite good at Sonic 2. It's one of those games that I can quite happily beat from start to finish um, in just under an hour, I think I've got it now. And it's just because I play it almost four or five times a year um, just to cleanse my soul from things like the Outlast trials. And it's, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with this collection. It's currently available for, like, like I said, about 20 quid on PSN. So any Sonic fans that were a little bit hesitant at first, um, now is the time to pick it up, I think, because it's... Um, Feels good. Doesn't doesn't feel buggy. Doesn't feel laggy or anything. It just uh, stays. It's a nice collection. Nice reminder of the old Sonic games I used to play when I was a kid. And uh, yeah, it's a very enjoyable collection. I think it's missing Sonic 3D. That would have been nice to have in there. Um, But you know, Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Sonic CD. It's a it's 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 a great collection to have. So yeah, that's what I've been playing this week primarily, uh, whilst I wait for uh, for games to come out this week some of which i'm very much looking forward to but before that now you're listening to this podcast it has gone up the day after halloween and we're all getting excited for christmas however we are recording this on the night of halloween um so we thought we'd throw in a little bit more halloween goodness just before it ended this year with a halloween quiz and so it's over to cat for the quiz
2: Hello, hello,
3: hello, hello, hello.
2: Hello. Um, yeah, Halloween quiz. Hope you've been cribbing your Halloween facts. Um, ten questions, all Halloween related, I guess. I mean, Halloween related as a stretch. That they're all like horror franchisey, fairy, you know, scary, scary spooky. Oh, so it is video game, game related.
0: Then,
2: yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Did you actually want like a Halloween quiz?
0: I figured the question was like, when was the first Halloween? Anything oh. Like no, 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 no. I was only I was just, was Oh
2: like, no, I was I did a Halloween video game quiz. That's
0: exactly what it should have been. I was only
3: joking. <laughs> what <was>. is orange
2: <laughs> and not an orange? <laughs> like, okay. a pumpkin? No! Tails. <laughs> Tails. Um, okay. So uh we'll use the handy up feature again. Uh so get your handy pandies ready or your emojis. Uh, for anyone who is joining for the first time uh, I'm going to read out some questions they're going to put their hand up or do a, do an emoji and then I'm going to pick on them and if they get it wrong they'll get frozen out for that round only um, and if they get it right they get a point and the person who has the most points at the end wins nothing apart from pride um, <laughs> and maybe a yay <laughs> anywho are you guys ready? Yep. Starting What's real that? simple, okay. Ross, put your caterpillar down.
3: <laughs> wow, That's a, that hey. sounds weird. <laughs> it's not
0: a caterpillar. All right.
2: That's definitely a caterpillar.
0: It might, be, um, yeah. <laughs> it's going to
3: turn into a beautiful little butterfly.
2: <laughs> oh my god, a oh butterfly, butterfly! What happens? Um, anywho, starting off simple. What is the best-selling horror video game franchise, Ross?
0: I'm going to take a stab at Resident Evil.
2: You'd be right, sir. Hey. Well hey. Um, in the video game franchise Fear, what does F.E.A.R. actually stand for? Oh fuck. Ross.
0: Fucking erroneously at Rangers.
2: Um no, but oh. you know As a stretch, you could be right. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Miles.
1: First encounter... Oh, Oh, something reconnaissance? First encounter... Active reconnaissance? Oh, I don't know. I know it's first encounter something, I think.
2: Okay, is that your final answer?
1: Yeah, that's all I got. I'm so
2: sorry. Josh. Based on what miles has just said, he's yeah. gotten three out of the four acronyms, right?
3: Oh, he's just uh what was the first encounter-hmm yeah
2: no no <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Ross, you are frozen out for your very crude answer
0: I apologize um first encounter. Chin reconnaissance?
2: Oh, no, you're wrong. I'm very yeah. sorry. Um, It was First Encounter Assault Reconnaissance. Oh, Recon. come on. God damn it. Mm, well done. Oh, yeah, close, guys. Was close, close. Done. Uh, question... I was
3: halfway there, actually. I was, I was <laughs> myself.
2: Uh, which actor betrays Josh Washington in Until Dawn? Josh.
3: Is it? Rami Malik.
2: It is Rami Malik. Hold oh, on. Fuck yeah. It. <laughs> nice one,
3: mate.
2: Uh, question four. What is the name of the space station in alien isolation? Oh, Miles.
1: Sevastopol.
2: Yes, it is. Fair play.
1: <laughs> Had to think for a second though. <laughs>
2: oh, nice one. Okay. Question five. What is the name of the vacuum inspired ghost catcher in Luigi's mansion?
0: Oh. Rolls? Oh, I went too early. I thought you were gonna say what game.
2: Oh no, I'm not making it that simple.
0: No. Nah. I can't remember the name of the vacuum, I apologize. Sucky. <laughs> oh, it's isn't it something boo boos <laughs> Isn't it something three thousand?
2: It, do you know what it, it is? But I think it, yes, it is.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want the point. But yeah. I
2: need that. I need. I need the first name. The mm, first. Bit, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Mister Three Thousand.
2: <laughs> Miles.
0: Ghosty Three Thousand.
2: It is not. It is
0: Ghost Sketcher Three Thousand.
2: No, it is Poltergust.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh of course, it's a clever name. That makes <laughs> geniuses. Nintendo. <laughs>
2: Uh, question six Which monster in Resident Evil 4 Can only be beaten with an infrared scope
3: Ooh, oh, Miles. I know what I'm looking at Is it a regenerator
2: Yes you are completely right Hold on mate
3: They're nasty motherfuckers Yeah they're <laughs> um, awful
2: In Five Nights at Freddy's What is the creepy bear's name Who is the mascot for the pizza chain Oh Josh
3: is it Freddy Fazbear?
2: It totally is. Well nice. Done, mate. Well done. Um, what is the ghost called in Mario? <laughs> Miles. King Boo. Yeah, I'll take King Boo. <laughs> <Yeah. Adam. laughs> what is the name of Come the on. asylum in Outlast?
0: Oh. Ross. Arkham. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what is it?
2: Any takers. Any takers. Any quick Googles? No I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> I bet it's a stupid name. It's a stupid name. Um I can't Winter. remember. Winterberry. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Winter Nigel <Bear>. Thornberry.
1: <laughs> Smashing.
2: Are we all are we all doing up?
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm out. I can't remember.
2: Well, it is called Mount Massive.
0: Oh, <laughs> god damn it. And... No, that was my nickname at school. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and in true Halloween style, what is the name of the ghost from PT? Miles. Lisa. How do you remember that? I didn't think I was gonna get anybody. <laughs> she
1: fucking terrified me to be fair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well on mate. Okay, so Miles, you win, yeah. Woo! You got four points. Josh, you got two. Ross, you got one. Well done, mate.
0: Thank you. I'm not sure about this Miles winning quizzes business. I, mean, I know, yeah.
1: This is dangerous. This is like what three in a month.
0: I don't like it. Although it is better than you know Tom knocking around, <laughs>
3: uh,
0: uh, <laughs> putting his hand up, um, and then um... and then taking <laughs> a, an, a, like an hour to decide the answer.
3: <laughs> Cheeky. Oh my god! We're on to you, Tom. Tom.
0: Oh yeah, give me a minute. Let me just uh oh, <laughs> oh, got to work it out. You haven't got the answer, Tom. Have you? Don't just hear worried. the typing
3: on his keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Love you, Tom. Come back to the pod. Whatever you're ready. Um. Right. Thank you very much, Cat. Thank you, Cat. that okay. Thanks, Cat. Um. Right. Let's get into the news. And some news from the mighty Hideo Kojima, claiming his new game is like a new medium. The director says he's wanted to make this game for years. This is from Jordan Midler over at VGC. Hideo Kojima has claimed that one of his next games is like a new medium. Speaking in an interview with The Guardian, the director spoke briefly about one of his upcoming projects. It's almost like a new medium, Kojima said about one of his upcoming games. If this exceeds, it'll turn things around, not just in the game industry, but in the movie industry as well. The designer added that the challenge for the unnamed title was building the infrastructure. You can have a success, successful ex- experiments, you can have successful experiments. Sorry, but there's a long distance between an experiment and a place where it is something that becomes a part of everyday usage. The game in question is like the Overdose, one of two games currently understood to be in development at Acudima Productions. The second is presumed to be Death Stranding Two. Um, it goes on from there, but I'm going to throw this one to Miles. If anyone can pull off a new medium. Um, Whatever that means, really. Um, It's Kojima, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love Kojima. I I, I literally adore everything he puts out game-wise, but he's a bit up his own ass sometimes when he says stuff like this. Like, you know, when he said Death Stranding was going to be like a whole new genre and basically it was just a third-person action-adventure game with, like, some community online mechanics is effectively what it did boil down to. And, like, I like the innovation. I think it's cool. I think he just overblows like how revolutionary it's going to be. Obviously, whatever he makes is going to be something I'm going to be really interested in. I'll probably play this regardless of what it looks like, um, just because I love the stuff that he does. Um, But again, we don't know anything about it. And he's very much like this. He'll make big statements about it, then not tell us anything or show us anything about it for like three years. And then he'll just keep giving us really random vague clues about things. Um, so I, I always find it a bit hard to get into the hype cycle of it because I, I need to know what it looks like and I have no idea. Um, but if what he's saying is true, then it could be something quite cool. So I think that is something to get excited for. Um, just want to know more. Come on, Hideo, just give us some details, man. I just want to know
0: what is it that you think is coming? What would you like to see Hideo next? Well, like he Death loves, well, I think he's working on Death Stranding too. I think that's his other project.
1: Uh, but i think he loves movies so much i wouldn't be surprised if he's doing a thing that's similar to that recently announced sand hill project where it's going to have like community involvement in like deciding you know how the story goes and i wouldn't be surprised if he's going to marry something about like cinematic artistry uh with involving player's input somehow um i think whatever it's going to be it's going to be very cutscene heavy and it's going to be very not very gameplay heavy um, just from how he's described it, but I might be wrong on that. Um, but yeah, it kind of just gives me that vibe of the way that article was written and what it described, is that he wants to try to blend movies and video games closer together. And my thinking is that it'll just be like interactive gaming elements involved in a movie of some descript. Um, but yeah, that's my best guess. I don't, I mean, if this is a whole new medium and he's doing like a brand new existing way to experience art or you know, video games or whatever, then I can't fathom what it is, which is why he's the head of a big company and gets people rolling over for millions worth of pounds, and I don't. So, you know, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Yet. 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 Wait until I stream Saturnalia. That'll bring in all the views.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Mother, we Twitch partner in no time.
1: Oh, my God. Imagine the dream. <laughs> quitting my job as a therapist, so I can uh, just play Saturnalia every day. <laughs>
0: Goodbye, Eners, yes, I'm playing Saturnalia every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> you don't understand, this is all the therapy I need. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh, are you a Kojima fan? Are you excited by this new prospect?
3: Yeah, I think if it wasn't Miles, I'd be the biggest Kojima fan in the group, I think. Um, and I think what Miles has said is pretty spot on on a lot of Uh, on a lot of what he said especially kind of uh, what I was thinking the game won't be is that kind of Silent Hill type stream that was announced uh, last week Um, he has always said that he's wanted to make a horror game and I think that's what it's going to be the next game uh, because he has not shut up about making horror as scared as he is for them he would love to make one and I think PT was the first sign of that um, so it could be this overdose that was rumored the medium if it 's not kind of the one that miles mentioned, then I have no clue and I think that 's like what miles said that 's why he 's the director um of of Kojima productions is because there 's always something that he 's done that has kind of pushed the envelope of games I think in every in every game that he's released there 's something about it whether it 's the promotion, the story, or the gameplay aspects—like there's always something new and fresh in there that he's trying out. Um, so I'm I'm just hopeful. I, I think we're going to see it sooner rather than later, and I think it's going to be the Game Awards. Um I don't know if it's going to be an opener, which I doubt. It's more than likely going to be Jeff Keighley's signature and one more thing type thing, <laughs> and we're going to see what kajim's been working on because you know he's he's been on keely stuff like twice in a row now um oh god for almost no reason i know right it was so it was um yes it was wasn't it It was summer games fest where he announced that he was doing something uh and then the other thing where he was announcing the podcast as well um So we'll see. Oh yeah, it was the Xbox showcase where he's like, "Yes, I'm working on something for Xbox," and then the podcast for Jeff Keighley's show. Uh, So we'll see. Um, You know, I think it's not going to be necessarily a movie as in the style of an FMV. I think he loves his uh, motion capture. He's been gathering guests of all kinds um, to be scanned in.
0: Is Overdose the one with um, to get a Fanning or L Fanning?
3: Um, we'll see. I don't think it's, nothing's concrete. Um, However, she's kind of been the face of this current promo of whatever's coming out. It's kind of like, I think it was, uh, the first question was like, who? And now it's where or what or something. Um, So I think he is doing a rollout for an announcement, seemingly around the time that Game Awards is coming out. Because, it kind of, the timeline kind of adds up to me. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's, he's all he speaks about is making a horror game. So it's definitely going to be the, the overdose. I wouldn't be surprised if Death Stranding 2 is developed still in-house, but on by a second team. Like it's not even the main focus at the moment. They're just got the second team working on that whilst this is coming out hot.
0: mm. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I think um, I a Game Awards announcement is um, almost certain at this point. Um, Keely loves wheeling out with Hideo Kojima for something every year. So, yeah, flex that friendship. Jeff Keely standing there with a full erection while Hideo Kojima's on the stage. <laughs> just talking about whatever the hell it is that he's got going. Um, so yeah, Jima, that's... come on
3: out. Tell us about your dinner. Yeah, oh, exactly. it's just some... Uh... Such some chicken, wow. thank you. Genre breaking, genre breaking,
0: <laughs> genre defining stuff there. From Kajima. everybody, give, a, give it a hand to Hidia, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a guarantee. Um, um, Kat, where are you with video the these days? Would you like to see something that isn't a video game, but isn't a movie, but is a game, but is a movie?
2: I just feel like that's that's his whole brand, isn't it? Like, Death Stranding is 70 years long. About <laughs> that, yeah, about that. <laughs> Everything he does is 70 years long. Um, I completely agree with Miles that he does, he talks a lot of hype. Like, he sucks his own dick when it comes to his own art, and I think, fair play. Like, you do you, boy. But, like... Mars was saying, he has to show something because it's like hype, 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 He honestly is like the train driver for the hype train, isn't he? Um, So yeah, so I have no doubt that it won't be, you know, it's going to be absolutely massive, it's going to be a spectacle. I, I don't, I, like I do agree with what Josh is saying maybe they'll do some sort of community based stuff, like maybe the DLC will be completely written around like like the community choices I don't know. Um, I I expect everything and nothing from Kojima (laughs) Um, I haven't played Death Stranding yet although it is on my list, I've seen a lot of gameplay for it I just don't know if I can be fucked to sit through all the cutscenes, do you know what I mean but you know, that that overdose game sounds really cool Um, I know a lot of people will love Death Stranding if it comes out Um, the Game Awards stuff from Keeley is looking, you know Quite likely. So we'll see. We shall see, my friend.
0: Indeed. I know you'll be tuning in for that crash announcement anyway.
2: So. <laughs> true. It's true.
0: Got to see that Womba League.
2: Oh, Womba League. Womba League. Got to see Spyro the Dragon 4. That's never coming out. <laughs> it's never going to come out. And when it is, it's going to be exclusive. It's fine. Anywho. What
0: if, uh, what, what if Kojima comes out and was like, by the way, guys, I'm working on Spyro 4.
2: Yeah. And it's going to be realistic. Can you
0: imagine a Kojima directed
2: Spyro. Again? Honestly, I would not want a two-hour
1: intro cutscene explaining Spyro's origins. I
2: know.
0: <laughs> be seven hundred hours long. I'm sort of down for that. Actually, that would be pretty cool. Um, right then, let's move on to an interesting story um, that has caught my eye for all the wrong reasons. But I thought I thought it would be something interesting to get into. People who strongly identify as gamers more prone to racism and sexism study suggests i mean you gotta spend like one hour on research era to realize this but never mind a new study has suggested that people who strongly viewed themselves as gamers as part of their personal identity are more likely to be prone to extreme behaviors such as racism and misogyny that's according to identity fusion and extremism in gaming cultures a research paper by take this a mental health advocacy organization with a focus on the game industry Toxicity has long been known to exist within some parts of the video game community, and this research seeks to understand how this occurs. The research explores the potential role of identity fusion in toxic sections of gaming communities. Identity fusion is described as a deep, visceral sense of alignment with a group or cause that strongly pervades an individual's personal life, to the point where it compels people to enact pro-group behaviours, even when it's personally costly to do so. Speaking to Vice, one of the authors of the study, Dr. Rachel Cowett, emphasised that its findings rather refer to this smaller toxic portion of the gaming community who show signs of gamer culture taking over that personal identity, and that there's no suggestion that the wider populace of players is extreme. Um, the article is on, it is fairly interesting, but um, well, I don't know. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Cat as uh, my favourite gamer in the whole wide world, <laughs> Um, did we need a a study to tell us this?
2: No. Also, as well, like, I, I take kind of obviously there is there is going to be some truth to the fact that there are people in the gaming community that are racist and sexist. Look at fucking Activision; there are a bunch of dickheads. <laughs> but I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's how you look at and interpret data first of all, and how that data's been interpreted um and how that date has been analyzed how that date has even been caught because you know that's that's really the same for like any group of people i loved how you said gamers as well every time you said gamers i could hear the quotes
0: gamers (laughs) i hate that word so much
2: i know and it's just like it's one of those things isn't it of like yes like we've likely all experienced somebody like shit talk us or do be a dick, or you know whatever it might be, but that doesn't mean that, that gamers are racist and sexist. That's like saying like, oh well, all surgeons, like most serial killers are surgeons. So if you become a surgeon, you're likely to be a serial killer. Like what? Um, wait, did I say that right? Yeah. So like all like like how people say like most serial killers are actually like in the medical profession or at least, like, very, very interested in the medical profession. That's like being like, oh, don't become a surgeon because you'll be a serial killer. Like, what? Like, I mean, it's just, I, like, you're always going to get shitty people in groups. Like, it, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me to kind of, and it's so hyperbole to, to put headlines out like that because, you know, for years and years it stuck that if you were to give video games to your kids, they'd turn out violent. Actually, the studies suggest that that's, that that's completely... Well, they've they've suggested now they're inconclusive, as in, like, they cannot prove that. You know, it's, you know, because, you know, I played Theft Daughter as a kid. Am I out fucking running granny over for 300 points? No, I'm not. Like, it's, you know, it's one of those things of, like, oh, and like, when the school shooting happened in America and they said that, oh, he learned it off of COD fuck off and dead by daylight it was i like, oh, learned off code and then he told his pals on dead by daylight because he lost a game on dead by daylight like it's so hyperbolic to 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 just like marginalize and and shovel these like really shite names into people like actually just say what it is it's there are people out there in the world who are sexist and racist and they play games let's not like. Let's not flip it the other way around It's just you, you know, what? How has that even been studied? Did they were they able to study, um, who that person was before they played games? Did they manage to find someone who'd never played a game before, shoved a PlayStation control in, in front of them, and then afterwards were like there were a bunch of sexist knobheads? Like, how how does that study come apart? So I mean, like it's all how you interpret data, isn't it? It's all how you analyze data. I think it's a crock of shit, and I think it's just easy bait for you know people to slam on games and it's such an interesting view of society as well because like people people aren't saying that about you know people who watch films all the time like filmies what they're called like i just or chefs like i don't know it's just i'm sure if you look at like footballers and you know rugby players you'd, you'd find something you know the army you would find the exact types of small little pockets of people but that doesn't mean that do you know i mean we're not like i don't know like i'm not gonna we're not rounding up all the racists and being like hey do you want to play the witcher like that's just such a weird thing like i don't know it's just it rubs me out the wrong way because i think like it's just i don't know it just it's just annoying and it's not denying that they are there are because there is, there's, there's a huge amount of sexism in the industry but I'm sure there's a there's a huge amount of sexism in football as well, It's a huge amount of sexism in the army, like it's it's, it's, it's tip tat, you know, and it's not excusing mm. it it's just saying that, you know, just because you call yourself a gamer doesn't necessarily mean you're racist it's kind of rude, it's kind of rude like, I'm a gamer, that must make me racist and sexist, fuck off shut mm. up like,
0: yeah it just it carries that stigma doesn't it of that yeah
2: kind of... it continues yeah. the stigma as well and it carries it and then you get the, you know the actual really horrific abhorrent shit that people like activision do and it confirms it. it's like a big fat load of confirmation bias of like oh it's because gamers are sexist like no and yeah so and Maybe it encourages, you know, maybe there is a small pocket of of data that that is right in regards to, you know, maybe it encourages behavior because it's like lad, lad, lads. But so does football. So does drinking and going out and being really rowdy and being a football hooligan. The the football hooligan is there for a reason because it's a group and a community of people who... Act, but that doesn't make them bad people it's just like you know it, it's influence but that's not due to gaming that's due to society and societal norms so without getting all like weird educational about it like p- shit like this just needs to be shut down because <laughs> it's not always like a, a causal you know it's not always going to be a direct correlation. um anyway thank you for coming to my <laughs>
0: I knew you'd have a take on it. That's why I gave you.
2: First. I actually saw this. It's really interesting because I saw this. Um I was quite like happily surprised you put it on the agenda because I saw it a couple of days ago and I was like, shut up. Like mm. and but equally like it isn't denying that, that it happens, but also it, it's not A equals B, you know.
0: No. No. Um Josh, when you get called a gamer, is that something that you that you uh, that you like that you can live with or do you still kind of like carry that stigma with the name
3: um okay <laughs> i think i <laughs> step back everybody here we go <laughs> no i i whilst i think cat has a great point um and I think cat has a perspective where it. it's kind of personal uh, like there's a personal angle where you don't want to be lumped in a group, with a group of people that are, you know, racists and sexists, so on and so forth. Um, The fact that it's in an article, I think is the wrong angle for that data, Um, but it's there for clicks for the websites that are gonna post about it. Really what I think uh, this data hopefully is used for in the right context is to make cases To companies to be better with their community in their games, um, in ways of how do we tackle these? um, How do how we how do we tackle you know homophobia, sexism, racism? How do we do that with our player base to so these numbers don't show up Um, because they're going to affect. Like we're talking about it now. Um, and that was a we, nice
2: angle to look at. From I like that. Modern. And
3: and for what we're talking about as gamers, quote unquote, trademark included, um, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm embarrassed sometimes, but you can't help but say, "Oh, what are you into?" And my hobbies is gaming. To feel that maybe the person that you're speaking to, whether you know them or not gonna say something is gonna think a certain type of way about you. Um that is whether or not the data suggests otherwise. Do you know what I mean? Like people there's the stigmatism of the word, of the noun that we get regardless. Um, and I just hope that the data is used in a way where there's going to be some progress. Um, if it's not companies, then maybe it be laws being passed where um, you know, Data suggests that this is, this is a thing for people. Why can't we prosecute them in a right manner if they're abusive to someone in such a way where it can really cause some harm for people, you know? Um, you know, mental health is a huge thing uh, for people that play games, I think. Uh, it's an outlet um, for those that are solitary or if they can't, you know, if they not, don't like being face-to-face with people but they can do it online, Um, you know, and kind of be who they want to be. Uh, And then you've got Joe Bloggs, who, you know, calls you all the slurs under the sun and it makes you regret ever choosing to want to be, quote unquote, in the gamer, you know, uh, in that kind of way of, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to play games. You don't want to be a part of that if that's what you're getting back from it. Um, so yes, I think the delivery is lame, like for sure. Uh, it's it's clickbait. It's for com- it's for conversations to stir up, make people angry. Um, uh, I just hope that what I've kind of laid out is kind of the intention of that analysis and that data and the figures, um, uh, and that we just kind of take it I mean I can speak from a place of privilege as myself and I think gaming is a privilege in its own right to a lot of people um you know gaming isn't cheap uh so you know it's it's a tough one I think it caters to a it's the the data caters to a an audience that if they can use it against the the way of gaming then it's going to be but I hope it's for The better, and I think it, I think that's what it is for.
0: <coughs> well said, I like that. Yeah, it's a um, it's certainly a, a medium that continues to be misunderstood, I think, by the general populace, and one that we're continually fighting against. So, we've had the conversation before, I think, on the podcast about having to explain why we love the industry so much. Um, because I think the general idea is that people who aren't in the industry only ever hear the bad things about it and so having to kind of like once again fight our corners and go well you know the, there's more to video games than what the sun will say or the express will say there's more to video games than people in call of duty you know that's an area that we need to always defend and you know i'm not a huge fan of the term gamer i don't really like it um just because of you know what it in my mind what it creates and what if I picture a gamer, you know, I don't feel like that's who I am, but um i I just love the industry so much and I want to sort of continue to be a part of it. And that's something that again I do need to explain at times to people outside of the industry.
3: Yeah, and I hope that they that data then just highlights the variety of voices that are in gaming, um, not just playing them, but making them at the same time. Um you know, it's not just them. And hopefully this pushes the needle for that kind of outward perspective on the gaming industry that it's not like that because we can change that because of this.
0: Yeah. I'd agree. I'd agree. Miles, um, would you like to finish
3: up? Yeah, I've got
1: I had quite a few thoughts on this and I find that there's always like two perspectives of like your emotional reasoning of the reaction to what the data suggests and then that kind of logical reasoning of how you kind of apply that and work with it i think there's a couple of things to it for me one is that the label of gamer i think has become like a stereotype like quite an unfair one in that if you are called a gamer you only get the negative associations of you know racist sexist you know you think of modern warfare 2 the old one um kind of lobbies where everyone was just spouting slurs at each other constantly all the time and at the end of the day there's there's millions of people who are in this industry who play games regularly now. A lot of those people will class themselves as gamers who aren't those people. And I think it's just become like an easy stereotypical term to throw at someone when results like this get thrown out. And I agree with Kat of there's always going to be a subset of any community who are like this, that that's just how it is. But I also kind of agree that, you know, it does represent this industry does have a problem with people being willing over the because it's the same as just over the internet isn't it or people being willing to say things that they would likely never say in person because they have the anonymity factor and the kind of dissociation from it i think back to some of the stuff i used to get called when i used to play Call of Duty and fifa and stuff as a kid and like damn it was it was seriously bad like um but i think also I, I had a look at how they kind of gathered this data and it was basically like a really big survey thrown out to like loads of people in america and they I feel sorry for the researchers because they openly acknowledge like this survey wasn't designed to just focus on like sexism or racism. It was actually like an all encompassing. We just want to find out who plays games and if they identify with the term and what does it mean? And that kind of thing. And it's kind of just like the media, like Josh touched on, have kind of just taken it and run with it of what can we take that's going to make headlines and get, you know, hate bait and all that kind of stuff. And that's the part I don't like because these researchers have probably worked really hard to get some data and results and now they're getting shafted as just contributing to this fire of whatever. Um but interestingly, the way that they kind of analyzed this was to basically say, okay, do you identify as a gamer and would you associate that as part of your core identity? So it's not that you identify as a person and say, for example, I am, you know, male and I'm a gamer and I support, I like football or something. It was my identity is now that I play games and I associate myself with this identity that I share with that. And they, it was like one of the questions, like would you fight someone to, you know, uphold that trait or something, which is quite a loaded statement. And I do feel like some of it's quite subjectively interpreted. interpreted to, you can kind of take it to extremes. And when I was at uni, for example, you always looked at, Qualitative data like this, as the people who fill in surveys are normally not the people who are middle of the road. You get the extremes, people who are either one side or the other, because they're the ones who are motivated to fill in a survey because they care that deeply about it. You know, if we all filled in the survey, I imagine most of us would be fairly kind of middling on these things and we wouldn't associate our core identity as gamers, but we would associate with the label of a gamer, as in how we would define, you know, our hobby or whatever. And so some of it's been a bit unfairly used because the researchers themselves actually said, like, this isn't the whole community. We're not saying it's everybody. We just found that when people associate it with their core identity, they are more likely to score higher on statements that were more willing to say or do or have worse views, say, of women or people of colour or whatever. And so that was kind of where they took those findings and then interpreted them. So they weren't really saying that this is the case. They were just saying this is what our findings show based on what people have responded to on our questionnaire or survey or whatever. And that's quite a leak to then go data shows this link, which it kind of doesn't. It just shows you a, a correlation of some kind that those two might be linked, but we don't really know how. And equally, I would always argue that the people who have filled in that survey are probably the people who are the you know the extreme part of the community who are very vocal. The kind of people you would hear on Call of Duty lobbies calling each other slurs just because they could. Um, so I'm always very careful when I see stuff like this. And I think it's important not to just jump in and immediately go with the emotional reaction of, oh God, the gamers are at it again, kind of thing. Because I just think that's unhelpful as well. But I think like Joss touched on, there is an important element of this that we do need to acknowledge in, in this industry. And as Kat mentioned, you know, you look at the likes of Activision and Ubisoft, you know, we've talked about a lot of problems in this industry when it comes to sexism or racism or just discrimination in general. And I sometimes feel like the way that the media jumps on things like this only makes it worse because it just divides people even more and makes them more steadfast in their views to either be hateful or to be anti-hateful. And there's no kind of discourse of actually how do we change anything and make it better involving everyone, which it's just going to, you know, make it more unhelpful. So it is a tough one. And, you know, a part of me is like, we do need to know stuff like this because if you don't know it, you can't change it. But equally, I feel like the media have a big answer to play in how they are portraying stuff like this coming across and how people are going to interpret it based on their headlines and how they report things. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of my take on it. I feel like there's a lot more under the surface of it, but you know, we spent a lot of time at uni pulling apart data like this on purpose where you learn to just basically appreciate that data is whatever you want to show it to be. Um, it's not hard and fast and it's not rules. It's just how you can make data look any way that you want to. Um, so I'm always just a little bit careful of that. So it doesn't really wrap anything up, nor does it answer anything, but that was kind of my take on it.
0: No, it's very interesting. It's interesting that all of us have got different takes on this really, and they all kind of align in, in similar ways, but Yeah, all coming at all coming at it from a different angle and so it's it's really interesting. I think it's something that we should kinda jump onto maybe um again at some point in the future, um when this kind of nonsense comes up again. Um but before that, let's talk about video games, Mm -hmm. shall we? Um, and um Naughty Dog is working with Sony's new studio on a beloved franchise. This is Andy Robinson at VGC. Earlier this week, a role advertised a job on a job recruitment site stating that Sony was building a new internal game development team in partnership with PS5 Visual Arts, the San Diego-based support studio which recently contributed to The Last of Us Part 1. The job listing later stated that an unannounced project was being developed in collaboration with the Uncharted and The Last of Us Studio, Naughty Dog. These sections of the job listing were later removed and replaced with Sony PlayStation as building a new internal game development team. This is the same world-class team known for its contributions to The Last of Us franchise. It goes on to state that currently we are co-developing an exciting new project with Naughty Dog in a beloved franchise. Now, one and only question for you. Josh, what beloved Sony franchise do you want Naughty Dog to be working on with this new team in San Diego?
3: Oh, what would I like? Do you know what? I don't necessarily have an answer, but I feel like Cat might have fun in Crash, which was originally Naughty Dog. But you know, that's Toys for Bob these days. Or was Toys for Bob these days. Um, and like the go-to answer is almost uncharted. But I'm very on the fence of having another one, if you know what I mean. Um, I feel like 4 was a really good send-off. Uh, and I don't know what else I could expect from the series. Um, I know there was kind of a job listing kind of last week for a free-to-play or or, uh, someone that knows how to uh, develop within or work within a free-to-play space, Um, which my mind went straight to, oh, that means Last of Us multiplayer is going to be free-to-play. So I don't know if I'm like doing leaps in logic by saying maybe it's the same kind of thing that they're trying to fill in for uh in it kind of being the last of us multiplayer, maybe there's gonna be uh p v e moments of, of a story uh that we can play kind of like the division style like there's you, you play as a group but you continue through a story together um but yeah i think I think that's kind of for me that's kind of, i they're the only two properties that I know them for in. In my years of uh, playing Naughty Dog games, uh, that are "quote unquote" beloved, um, I'm I'm not uh, privy to any hidden gems that they may have made back in the day, because um, I feel like Uncharted was their obvious like first blowout franchise um, in the kind of current gen of gaming space.
0: I asked you to dream
3: big, and you went for a game that was already announced. <laughs> I know, I know, but like, like I said, like I, I haven't got a well versed idea of all their IPs. Um, but I don't know if it's specifically Naughty Dog IP. I think no, Sony okay. might have
0: thrown them something.
3: Okay, all right. Um, Pandemonium. I mean, maybe not,
0: but maybe
3: Pandemonium. So then. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's, that. That was a cool action platformer that I loved back in the day. Um, Jurassic Park? Sure, why not? Like a... Uh, well, then we're going into Turok territory. Of oh, like a of, a... of a story-based Turok game with the Naughty Dog kind of flavour to it. Dino Crisis. If just we're a... still talking about... Don't, <laughs> don't even
1: get me started. Do not.
0: Um, uh, post-apocalyptic. It... Oh, just acoustic guitars everywhere. And then Turok just beats down some dinosaurs.
3: Hell yeah! John <laughs> you know, I'm gonna have to Google Naughty Dog franchises, uh, but continue on.
0: Okay, um, Miles, let's shoot for the moon and see what we can come up with what the hell are they doing? I think it's gonna be Jack and Daxter. Oh, now we're that
2: talking. Was my guess,
1: yeah.
3: How could I forget? I was I, gonna I say. Think, yeah,
1: I
2: think that I think it is, and that's gonna be it.
1: Kind of has to be, to be honest, because it's Naughty Dog's IP and it's been left for ages, and it is beloved. And maybe there's a space for it now. Maybe they've seen how well like Spire and Crash are doing and thought, Do you know what, let's get in on that. They've got Ratchet and Clank already, so they've got the expertise within the company. So you know they can make it up.
0: True. I mean, I think the success of the two Ratchet games have made them go, huh? Maybe we can bring back Jack
1: yeah. yeah, people play them again now. Like they've kind of come back full circle and people like those kind of games again and they've got the community and the audience for it. So I feel like Jack and Daxter is probably a good shout. Just the way they worded the statement of like a beloved franchise being brought back and obviously it being Naughty Dog having a new studio to work on it. I feel like it just kind of makes sense.
3: Hmm. How would you like it to look though? Would you like it to look still like uh, a modern Ratchet and Clank or? closer to the realism that they have been doing.
0: I mean when the first time I saw Ratchet Rift Apart on my PS5 I my mind was blown.
3: It's beautiful.
0: It's just beautiful stunning. Game. And yeah, if they can make a Jack game that looks as good as that, I'm all in. Yeah.
1: I do I do think they'll go for that kind of vibe because I feel like it's not going to be the core studios who do like Uncharted and do The Last of Us which is like ultra realism style. I think this would be a studio that's got a bit more like you can have a bit more creative freedom and obviously you have our engine to work with. So I think it will still look very realistic. Sort of like Ratchet and Clank, although it was cartoonish, like everything in there looked as realistic as it could do within the realm of being it like of its art style. Um so I think it would be much more like Ratchet and Clank's visual look.
0: Hmm. If we could broaden it out, if we could go f- out of Naughty Dog and just kind of like just... Sony Sony IPs just uh, anything that they're, they're, they're gonna throw that have been dormant for some time oh god you could go
1: anywhere do you know what
0: I'm gonna throw out a name go on see how you feel about it okay okay you're right. not feeling it just throw it right back mm-hmm. resistance
1: oh, oh I fucking love resistance I would love to see that come back oh that's a
0: good shout
3: that is
1: what about Killzone? Nah. I mean, I feel like Killzone could. I mean, they've got Gorilla under the. <laughs> I mean, they could. I, I know Sean's going
3: to kill me for saying that, but I think Killzone's dying though. I think they've been cutting off the servers recently for their games. Um, so I, I, if that means kind of pulling the plug on the life that was left for Killzone on the, the kind of the Shadowfall and the PS Vita game. Um, or if it's a sign of things to come. Mm. Um, I mean, it might it might stick with
0: Naughty Dog IP. I mean, Golden the best on the Vita, the Uncharted game. Yeah, cause... they could remake it. They, yeah, like they haven't seen that stuff. for a while. Yeah. Um, they could have all the Uncharted games on PS5 by three or four years time. Yeah, I was going to say. Do you reckon they'll just remake all of the Uncharted <laughs> Well, yeah, they'll charge seventy quid for all of them. But sure, uh, yeah. <laughs> that
3: wouldn't surprise me. You know.
0: <laughs> no, me either. Uh, cat, now Miles has stolen yours. Have you got another one?
2: Um, it's not necessarily like an old IP for Naughty Dog, but but Sony have had it before. Um, I would love to see Glover come back.
0: Oh, nice.
2: <laughs> I just fucking love that little hand. What cutie. Um, could it be again, not Naughty Dog, but uh, Scooby Doo games? Could they be being remade? I don't know. They're beloved. Yep. That fucking haunted house one Don't laugh Josh That was a great game
3: it was, No but it was just A very random like Okay I'm, fe- I'm feeling. feeling
2: random I'm feeling random I do think it is Jack and Baxter To be honest with you um, I can't imagine Another I was just shooting For the moon You know
0: No that's what we love I love doing yeah. on this podcast
2: Yeah so um, Yeah It'd be really interesting Obviously if I don't think it is Going to be crashed Because it's not like, you, like Josh was saying It's Toys for Bobs now um, but I do find it still interesting that they do like cameo it in Uncharted games.
0: Who yeah, knows? they do drop little references, don't they? They do. Um, I don't know.
2: But it's probably Jack and Daxter let's be
0: honest. What about ApeScape Miles? Do you want some more aperscape in your life? I would, for sure.
1: I feel like the only Apescape I played was Metal Gear Solid 3 had like this fun little uh, <laughs> mini game that Kojima put in there, which was Ape Escape in the jungle of Metal Gear. And you had to run around and shoot them out of trees and stuff, but like with only a trank pistol. And it was really
0: fun. So if there was a game like that, I'd happily play that.
2: I would mind Croc. You said Croc earlier, didn't you, Ross? I
0: did say Croc briefly, but it got drowned out. I'm all
2: about that. No, croc. I could I go. go with that.
0: What yeah. if it's Bubsy 3D? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> did
1: you
0: play the more, the more recent Bubsy games. No, I played them oh, as a kid, and they were they awful. Were, they were fun back in the day, but They're not <laughs> the new ones. Are, the, the new ones were terrible. They really did the, did that service dirty. To be fair, do you know what uh, game I'd
1: really love Sony to get the rights to? Conquer's Bad Fur Day and remake it. I want that game in my life again. That would be yeah. my dream. That's my dream. They'll get it off Rare, and they'll
0: Rare just... were too busy making life service games. Man, they got to give them uh, to someone
3: else.
1: Exactly. Just Conquerors Bad
3: Fur Day multiplayer game. Oh, day's oh. Gone too. <laughs> uh, if only. I dream, not gonna happen. <laughs> I was that would be
1: th-
0: hilarious if they took it from Ben's studio and you guys aren't good enough for this. <laughs> yeah, and like, gave like, it to Naughty you. Dog. We're going to give it to either. a real
3: studio now. <laughs> that would be that would honestly be the final nail on the coffin for that one. for For the Sony Ben saga of days gone, would be like we're giving it to our premium studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our AAA studio. That would the one that you that you got uh, the studio with the game that you got compared to. We're gonna we're just gonna. Bring it over over. <laughs> Let them do it instead, guys. Yeah. yeah, just a little bit more salt in the wound.
0: Now, if you can just Did... crack on with your little big planet, that'll be great. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Deacon Saint John will be voiced by Troy Baker next. <laughs> oh, most definitely.
0: That's a shout, little big planet. Yeah, little big planets. There, I think. I think um the you last know, one was they... great. They're too busy making dreams, aren't they?
3: Medium is right, really good. Medium Monica Monica.
0: dreams is dreams is astonishing. Uh, siphon filter.
1: Oh,
0: there's a shout. If I gave this to Paul, the first thing he would say to me is Warhawk. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> wasn't
1: because... there also? It was Warhawk and what was it? Mag, was it Mag back
0: in Mag, the day? Yeah. It, it had like oh.
1: 256 players, which at the time was like, what? I remember playing that and being like, I don't even know what to do,
0: it's just too much. Yeah, there's, I mean, yeah, who knows what it's going to be? It's going to be, yeah, Jack and Dexter Uncharted is probably. The likely ones, um, but yeah, something random would be really cool as well. Um, uh, bring back Wonderbook. Book, uh, <laughs> <What the fuck>? Book, <laughs> those were the days 40 winks. Whilst yeah. we're at it, <laughs> yeah, what the hell happened to 40 winks,
3: man? Well, I went to sleep. I think
0: There was a great write up of that in uh Chris's um N- N64 encyclopedia. Oh, really? Chris book, yeah, yeah, because uh, N64 was the home of these randomised platformers that were all trying to be Mario 64. And
3: definitely, uh, 40 weeks was one of them. Shooting for the moon, Bloodborne remake or a sequel.
1: Yeah,
0: that's the obvious one, isn't it? Yeah. What, that, From Software have nothing to do with it. They're just... Nah, they're just like, <laughs> no. screw it. We're not bothered. <laughs> no blue point. It's uh, another one that uh, Sony have gone, we're going to give it to Naughty Dog. I think they're the guys <laughs> to do this.
1: We need some cutscenes in it this time. So we're going to give it to Naughty Dog to make an actual story <laughs>
3: Yeah, uh, people were really confused by what was going on. Um... <laughs> There was loads of eyes and uh, just lots of blood and wet nurses. uh, I need to put Troy Baker in it. It's (laughs)
1: too much eating umbilical cords to get the final (laughs) ending. We're not
0: about it anymore. No. So good luck on whatever you're making, but we're going to take this one over here. Thank you very much. Before you know Shadow
1: of the Colossus.
0: Oh, I don't know. Oh, come on, Shadow of the Colossus is great. That's a beloved franchise. That needs some love.
3: That would feel like. Sorry, go
0: on, Ross. Bluepoint are making their own game, aren't they, right now? They're doing their own IP. Oh, yeah. At, at the moment. Okay, let, let, let's just say it's Vibriman 3 and move we'll <laughs> on from there. Pat upon. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, there's, there's I mean, there's a million things it could be. Um, we're all going to be
3: really disappointed if we find out what it is.
1: <laughs> We've
3: named time. so many games. We're going to be right. Yeah, like... we are going to be right. One of us is going to be right
1: yeah one of them has to be surely like yeah it has
0: to be. yeah i can't think of anything else that is worth bringing back really to honest.
1: if it's dino crisis i will cry but you know it's not going to happen every remake that i want to happen
0: never does so hey they've got the capcom have that game with dinosaurs falling from the sky okay it's, it's, it's yeah. not
1: dino crisis man. It's it's so. me, man
0: it might as well be dino crisis exo primal <laughs> is going to be game of the year how year. dare you sully its name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then let's move on to our recommendations. This is where we've seen some of of the week that we think you'd like, whether it be a movie, a TV show, a video game, a fan, or a wireless charger. I don't know. I'm looking at things. Yeah, um, what's your recommendation for the week?
2: Um, Food-related, as always. Okay. Um, So brunch bars have started to do Bourneville brunch bars, and I fucking love Bourneville chocolate, so it's just dark chocolate chips in a cereal bar. It's banging. It's actually really nice. It's yum. It's chewy. It's good. It's chocolatey. It's uh, a snick. Schnick. Schnick. Okay, bye. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I feel like I've like woken up in the last ten
3: minutes.
0: <laughs> I still haven't found a Oh man, Tesco? Have you got a
2: Tesco
0: nearby? I've got a Tesco very nearby
2: Yes, that's, they're in Tesco
0: That's where I grabbed mine Alright, I'm going to have to head in Just right. going to have to ask them
3: Excuse me, have you got any uh, <laughs> Biscoff Kit Kats?
0: <laughs> Fuck off And they'll say, oh, the one featured on the Guns podcast so I was like, yeah nice.
3: <laughs> It's on the packaging Featured, <laughs> <from> <laughs> Finger featured on podcast. the Guns podcast If only, yeah
0: Kit Kat, if you want to do that with us, let me know I'll be more than happy to talk uh, Miles, your recommendation for the week?
1: Uh, mine is a very specific part of Modern Warfare 2, the new one. Um okay. it's playing the campaign on realistic difficulty because yes. that game is so incredibly immersive on that mode. Like graphically, it's so good. And you die in like two hits, but it's just so tense. Like clearing a, a building full of people does not feel like you're playing Call of Duty when you're playing it on that mode. Uh, so yeah, give it a try because it is it's like proper
0: game changer. It feels like you're playing a whole different experience. Okay, there you go. There you are. I did like the Warfare 13 campaign a lot. I thought it was very good.
1: It is very good, isn't it? Real return to
0: form. It's a great sequence. It might be story spoilers. um, Or, I don't know. But there's a bit where you have to rescue someone and you're just doing a car chase. And it's just sick. It's just fucking sick. Oh, yeah. Just a great sequence.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that set piece is really fun. Really, really good. Absolutely,
0: loved it. Um, Josh, your recommendation this week?
3: Seeing as we're rounding out. October, Spooktober, uh, I want to give a shout out to the film Barbarian. Um, it is written, directed by, let me get the right name, I want to say it's Zach Kregers, who's not done anything else of note, uh, but don't let that put you off. And don't let Bill Skarsgård in, uh, in it be put you off either, because, um, mm. yeah, I know he's at the clown. Um, he's, not, he's not a clown in this one fortunately um and it's another one that i'm not going to say too much about film wise uh because it goes to so many different places um it's it's actually the first film i think ever that i've watched that just made me actually jump and swear in my seat uh at least once uh it's very scary uh it's about um a woman who books an airbnb she goes there late at night. It's set in Detroit. Uh, as soon as she gets into the Airbnb, someone is already there because they've booked in it too. Um, and it turns into like this really tense, like, is it going to turn bad? Of course it's going to turn bad, but how is it going to turn bad? Um, and then Justin Long is in it. <laughs> Being the screen queen that he is, uh, And it just goes places that you just don't expect for a horror film. And it plays into expectations so nicely. Um, I know it's streaming over in America and on HBO Max now, I think. Um, But I think we've got it in the cinema only. Uh, And I'd implore implore you. I know it's not Halloween anymore, but I'd implore you to go see it. Because horror is really coming back, I think. I think with Smile, um, we won't talk about Halloween ends, um, but... Yeah, Small, Barbarian, and, you know, everything else that's come out this year, horror-wise. Games, Saturnalia, recommend that one too. Um, Terrifier
1: 2 as well has just come out. Apparently that's, like, cool. (laughs) Yeah,
3: Terrifier 2 is on the list. Um, But for now, Barbarian. Go see it. It is amazing.
0: I have heard nothing but good things about Barbarian. So, um, yeah,
3: it is on my
0: list of things to stream when it comes out on streaming services at some point. Although I've got Odin and Limitless, so I could just go.
3: Oh yeah, you should. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Tempting. Very, very tempting. What's your uh, recommendation, Ross? My recommendation is a film that everyone has already seen, but I only saw this week and it's called The Batman.
2: <laughs> Great film.
0: Yeah. Um I finally saw it this week and I very much enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed RPAT's emo moping around Wayne Manor. Um that was a lot of fun um he had the perfect hair for emo moping it was just glorious uh it was yeah it was a lot of fun it was long i didn't think it needed to be that long but it was um very noir it felt really old school um i loved the, the narration i thought that was really cool um but colin farrell steals it for me as penguin oh
3: my god what a performance thank god he's getting his own show
0: yeah which stars uh this day and Christina Miloti, who was the mother in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, yeah, she's going to be in it as um someone. I really That's enjoyed good. her in Palm Springs. Yeah, she's though. great in Palm Springs. So. Yeah, yeah, she's also great once as well the uh, the musical if you can find that somewhere. And yeah, I really enjoyed the Batman. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't, I didn't come out of it like going, wow, that was an absolute masterpiece. Like I think they were going for, but um. I'm excited to see more of our patches of Batman, and hopefully uh, hopefully we will soon. So, yeah, there you go. I know you've all already seen it, listening out there, but I just saw it recently, and I was like, hey, that's a good film. So that's that. Um, well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all of the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS. If you want to follow us individually, all of our handles are in the description below. Deferbarge, of course, who's smart and not on Twitter. If you really like what we do, why not follow our Patreon? For $1 a month, you can keep this podcast live on its various podcast services and keep the website nice and shiny. And I've just realised I've completely forgotten to do Out This Week. So, Out This Week is... um there's a lot of this week uh let's go november 1st rocket league haunted hallows there's some halloween stuff coming to rocket league on november 1st that's kind of a weird time to do it guys uh because they've probably done that a week before um a new story of seasons doramon story of seasons friends of something town is coming out to, to the switch and pc uh, mario party 2 lands on switch as is mario party as part of the n 64 expansion pack if you want to play some old-school Mario Party goodness. Um, November 3rd, sees the Entropy Center come out on absolutely everything. I'm very excited about this game. I cannot wait to play this game. This might be my game of the year. I don't know. We'll see how the full game turns out. But my goodness me, I had so much fun with the demo. Um, The Chant is coming out on PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox, all the places. That looks very, very cool indeed. Highly recommend going to check out the trailer for that thing if you do want to have some kind of like RPG, noir, adventure horror thing in your life. It looks really cool. Um, Bratz, flaunt your fashion. It's coming to Switch and PC on November 4th. You know you want it, Miles. You know you want it. I was literally just about to unmute and go, yes, I want yeah. that one. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I knew, it. I knew it. And It Takes Two is coming to Nintendo Switch. So, if you haven't played that game, great game. Check it out. From EA, from EA, of course. And, um, the guy that made A Way Out, Joseph Farris. Um, yeah, good old Joseph Farris. And Eterna uh, Noctis also comes out for the Switch on November 4th. Look out for more on that game. I'm thinking it's on that very soon. But that's it. Thank you very much, D, for listening. It is goodbye from Cat. Bye! It is goodbye from Josh Thompson. Goodbye, everyone. It is goodbye from Miles Thompson. Farewell. Until next time, I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast. Bye!